Clearly mark the radio dial setting at MotorCityGaming.com. Do not use your phone. It must be reserved for vital emergency messages so that you can receive official news and civil defense instructions on the Conrad frequency used in your area. Your life may depend on this. The last line of defense in major gaming news. Gamezilla Alpha. Prepare to take shelter and obey instructions instantly. This is the underground resistance. Join the Alpha Force. This is the plan to help you and others who need you. A plan to live, to work, and fight as did your forefathers. Now, let's check the plan together step by step. Gamezilla Alpha. Welcome to the GameZilla Alpha Podcast, where for just 682 easy installments of 64 cents, I will rip off the shirt that I am currently wearing, have Grimlock sign it with a black Crayola crayon, and we will tie it to a hamster and make him run it to your location. I'll do it for free! See? Wow. Yeah. Suck on that. We don't need no one 64 cents times 600 and whatever you said. It's called math. Sounds like wizard witch work to me. Wizard, wizardry and no, witchcraft? No, wizard witch work. Okay? It's a real thing. Look it up. It's called math. Oh, okay. I'm looking it up right now. Welcome to the episode six of the GameZilla Alpha. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the Motor City Gaming Studios, Jazzy Fiddle. Yeah, this episode is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. It is. If you want early access to this show, you do. along with other great perks, head on over to patreon.com slash Podcast and start your patronage today. Please. Well, Jazzy, we have a very special episode ahead of us. It's called Episode 6, and everything else is what you're going to have to tell me because you kind of led the way this time around for this very special, I'm going to call it the real, the next main focus piece, the next main focus interview. Yeah. So what we're going to do for this episode is we're going to tell you all of the great life feats that Grimlock and I have had that are in the order of six. So... Like, I have earned six trophies I playing pooped, ping pong. I have pooped six times. Total in this whole life. Yeah. that's. Uh, I, I don't think I'll poop ever again, but I hit the six. I'm happy. So, uh, and stay tuned, because if he does do another one, we'll do an emergency episode of seven just for you. What was your six? I forgot. Uh, ping pong tournament trophies. Oh, I ate six marbles once. Oh, yeah. I remember that day. Because yeah. I ate six pennies, and we were going to see who could pass them the fastest. Mine never came out. Yeah, it's six years. I'm still going on right now. Oh, so. oh, oh. Oh, I'm, I got confused. I was doing this every day. I have like 6,000 marbles inside me now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but no, for real, we sat down with the game design and programmer of Gigantoraptor Games, Thomas DeSilvo. The man, the myth, the legend. Behind the final specimen arrival. The final specimen arrival. Without further ado, let's get into the interview that you had with Thomas. I chimed in a little bit, but we learned a lot of interesting things. Here we go. We are talking today with Thomas De Silva, programmer and game designer for Gigantoraptor Games. Uh, we met um, at PAX East Boston, uh, where you're showcasing your game, The Final Specimen. So, Thomas, uh, how are you doing today? 
Oh, very well. It's almost the weekend. <laughs> yeah, right, right. We can't. We always we always want to uh, push for that weekend. That's my favorite time of the because uh, it's the only time I actually get the game. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'd like to start off with uh, a little of who is Thomas Da Silva. So for the fans of GameZilla, uh, can you explain who you are and what it is that you do? Yes, uh, well, I'm a creative guy through and through. Um, I obviously do game development, but I do music composition. I did all the music composition for the game. Uh, I play drums. I have written a couple books in my life. I have, um, you know, uh, made like short films i've done a lot of video editing so uh if it's creative uh i'm involved with it and uh as far as my game goes this is a passion project that has been going on for pretty much the bulk of my life uh it was all conceptualized when i was younger in like elementary school and uh production began in college and that was like 10 years ago and now uh i'm here now and um i have a finished product so definitely something that uh i just latched on to and held on to my whole life very good very good um i'd like to go ahead and re- uh, rewind a bit we'll uh take a little trip down memory lane here with you if you don't mind uh kind of lay sure. the foundation uh for your life in gaming in general so uh take me back to the first time that you played a video game uh how old were you and what game was it oh boy if i'm really going back i think it was a game called alley cat which was, I think, was on DOS, MS DOS. Uh, either that or uh, the the Gorillas game. <laughs> My dad showed me actually. Uh, I don't know if you remember. It was just two gorillas, like on a couple buildings, and they threw banana bombs at each other. Yep, I remember I think that, that very was well. The first one. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, after that, it was uh, Sonic at my cousin's house, and that really kind of got me into it, into the console life. Very good. Well, uh, how about some of your favorite games going growing up? Were you more a, a solo player or a multiplayer? And what what did that uh, kind of story unfold into as you as you gamed throughout your life? Uh, I definitely was more of a single player guy. I always loved the um, the the storylines and the colors of a you know like a story mode game. I mean, I played multiplayer, um, but. A lot of the times, you know, I grew up playing the Genesis, and, and that was, you know, multiplayer was pretty limited. I mean, there was, like, Mortal Kombat and stuff, but I'm thinking of something like Sonic, where you'd quote-unquote play as Tails. It was like, eh. So it, I, I always lean towards more of the story-focused games, which is what my game is. Um, definitely was it was in it for kind of the journey as opposed to just uh, – not really sport as much as uh, – almost kind of like a movie, an interactive movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So then what was the inspiration that made you want to start uh, creating just video games? Um, man, uh, it was, I don't know if I can point to any one thing, but a lot of the times I would just see something like, I don't know, I'd be walking in the park or playing in my backyard and, um, just be like this would make a cool video game level there was just i remember there was a fallen tree in uh, in the woods behind my house and i would walk along the tree and say hey you know the log level whatever it is and um i i just from those ideas i i made things like you know mock strategy guides or like mock instruction manuals just uh to kind of put those ideas into motion and uh that's just kind of how everything kind of came together 
Nice. I remember those times growing up as a kid. Uh, I'm sure Grimlock can uh, attest to this as well because uh, we grew up together since we were four, so we'd have those moments where we were, like, pretending to be X-Men and <laughs> utilizing the woods yep. in the back of his house to create our own kind of universe. What do you mean, pretending? Um, Are you telling me I'm not an X-Men? Yes. I'm 33 years old and my life's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes, those were great times. I, I, I can totally... Uh, See where where Tom's coming from with imagination and, and from a creative standpoint, just seeing things in real life and and being able to convert those into all forms of media. But gaming being a, a popular one for us, it's uh, it's always been something that I've wanted to do. I've yet I've yet to you know to develop a game, but I've had those. I've definitely have those books and drawings and concepts that uh, you know one day maybe maybe I will follow your footsteps and and complete something that I've started many years ago yeah definitely it's very fulfilling all right well now now that we got to know a little bit about you um i want to talk a bit about uh gigantoraptor games so uh yeah. who is gigantoraptor games and what do they do uh well it's just me um i have a friend who has his own actually uh, video game music company and we work together on the projects so it's uh, just a two-man effort uh, in terms of, you know, he's more the promotional side of things and, um, you know, PR, all that stuff. And I'm a creative uh, actually making the game side. And what does Gigantraptor Games do? Um, we make games. I mean, we, we make games with, with an emphasis on humor, definitely. I think that's kind of the core foundation is just uh, not to take anything too seriously. We don't want... Um, we don't want anyone to feel uh we want we want it to feel casual i think casual is an important word casual casual difficulty um you know have a laugh um and i don't know then get on with your day honestly um i i i think that the shorter especially like the 2d platformers is always going to kind of be the uh the bread and butter of the company just because it uh it, it it's kind of what i like a lot about games which is just you can play it you can have some fun and then you can move on um i mean i have no problem with games that are long and you keep coming back or you know even multiplayer games i mean those are all great i think that's just honestly my favorite kind of of uh of game it's just uh kind of again like i said kind of like a movie you just stop in you play through and uh go on with your day say that was great remember that time i played that game and i want to go back and watch it again or play it again that's definitely uh, what I'm shooting for. Absolutely. We can definitely um, relate with you over here because that's kind of how we started in the gaming media industry and doing podcasts is we were cleaning office buildings, a couple of friends, and, you know, we'd always talk about video games. So they're like, hey, how about we uh, throw a podcast together and just put this out there? And <laughs> that's kind of how we got our start. So we mm -hmm. can understand that for sure. So when was uh, yeah. Gigantoraptor Games created? Um, officially this past, uh, summer, but I mean, we've been around, uh, as a working operation since 2012. Uh, that's when my, my partner, Chris came aboard. And at that time, uh, you know, the game was probably like half done and he kind of helped me, you know, get some direction to the project and, uh, shoot towards goals like packs and getting on steam and, you know, polishing up the game. So, uh, that was when the effort really started to, uh, take take shape i think and get a concrete direction 
Very good. And then uh, last thing about Gigantoraptor is uh, the name and logo. So uh, yeah. how did they come about? Because I am a huge fan of anything that has to do with raptors. So this immediately drew my attention that there was the word raptor in it. And I'm a, a huge sucker for for like logos and just cool names. So when I seen yours, I was like, oh, man, Gigantoraptor? Oh, this is sweet. Like, first of all, it's got the raptor in it. And then the logo itself, although it looks kind of simplistic, it really kind of hits home as to, to what you were going for. So... How did you kind of come up with those concepts? Well, we were brainstorming for a while what would be a good company name. And um, we went through a lot of things that really just sounded generic, you know, combinations of like pixel and, uh, you know, I don't know, gameplay or, you know what I mean, like retro even, retro, arcade, yada, yada, all these these buzzwords. And it, it just all seemed too generic, too formulaic and I don't know. It was, I believe it was Chris who actually just was Googling and he was just like, Gigantoraptor. I was like, wow, that's exactly like what this whole thing is about. Like you can picture it. It's kind of weird, um, but it's clear, you know, it sounds like a business name, but it also sounds fun. And um, I, I literally just drew up the logo the next day and that was it. I <laughs> didn't really make any changes to it. It's just what it was. There's a Raptor and there's a Gigantoraptor. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love the name. <laughs> yeah, we might, we might have a slight fondness for it just because I, uh, you know, we're called Gamezilla. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know if there's any, you know, kind of, you know, maybe similarities in, you know, a, a Gamezilla or a Gigantoraptor, but I feel like they'd be friends. Oh, definitely. <laughs> they'd go hunting together. <laughs> Hunt this little this little uh, guy in your logo. I don't know what he is, but we're gonna. He's get a regular him. raptor. He wishes he was the Gigantoraptor. Yeah. Little Raptor. What were you thinking? <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into uh, why we have you here, the final specimen. Oh, yes. So uh, I have here that the final specimen, the final, oh, wow. Sorry. Try, try that again. Yeah. <laughs> the final specimen is a sci-fi action side-scrolling platform game uh, that was released on Steam on March 2nd, 2017, correct? Yep. Awesome. Uh, I would like to go ahead and read the description that you have for the game um, so that our listeners can kind of get an idea of the storyline as you have put it on your website. And that is the final specimen is a story of a young earthling named Thomas who is transported to the deep reaches of space when a freak meteor shower hits his home planet. He awakens and... Sorry, in an intergalactic highway compromised of sprawling network of tubes. After barely surviving the treacherous maze, he arrives on the planet Groovatropoler. Did I say that correctly? That's it. Awesome. (laughs) Where he immediately notices that the inhabitants are none other than humans. Soon, however, it becomes clear that these folks are not a welcoming committee. They have been tricked into thinking that Thomas is an agent from Earth sent here to wipe out the population. After Thomas convinces after Thomas convinces them that he is innocent, they point him in the direction of an enigmatic alien and an elderly human companion. Our hero trucks across the city of Doofusville, only to witness the two drop a bomb and flee the scene. Thomas barely survives the subsequent collapse of a cityscape, ducking into his shop pizza shop for cover. 
As a familiar sound of police sirens in the distance, he realizes that he will surely be blamed for the bombing by anyone who doesn't know of his innocence. And so begins a mystery that will slowly unravel over the course of the game, leading to the unveiling of an ancient truth that will threaten the very existence of the human race. So that's kind of the storyline, the basis of the final specimen. So my first question has to be, because I just have to get this off my chest. You are Thomas, and the main character in the game is Thomas. Did you create yourself in a video game? I did. I did, <laughs> and uh, and if I hadn't been young when I did it, I probably wouldn't have done it out of fear of being labeled a narcissist. <laughs> but uh, I, I kept it true to what it was, because I wanted to be in a video game, so... That's how I designed it, and uh, that's how I kept it. That's awesome. I I, don't, I think we've a lot of people overlook that. Like like you said, this was kind of a concept that you had from growing up. So like you always put yourself as the main character in the games in your imagination. So why not actually do it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we even have the uh, the shirts made with the the T on it. So I wore that around for a while. <laughs> Wonderful. Nice. All right, uh, as I had said a little bit earlier, we met at uh, in Boston at PAX East. Uh, I was walking the convention floor with one of the fans of our show, and the thing that drew me to your booth uh, was that this game gave me a feeling of Rick and Morty. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the art style, you know, some of the music, uh, the way <laughs> the sounds that, the, that Thomas makes in the game, but I was instantly like, yeah, I like this. I'm going to have to go play it. So we sat down, we played a little bit at PAX East. Um, I kind of want to dive back a little bit and go a little bit more into um, what the inspiration was for the the final specimen itself, and where did you draw these concepts from? Sure. Um, I mean, it's a bit of a long-winded story. So, I mean, I really, again, when I was younger, wanted to make some kind of... um, you know, I guess you would call it uh, honestly like a property, not, you know, in, in the, the capitalist sense, but just something that was established as, uh, as just, you know, uh, characters in a world and everything. So I created that uh, through a series of home movies, actually, where we literally just said, uh, it's the adventures of two doofuses, da 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 da. And the theme song is actually um, the, the title theme for the game, incidentally. But um, that, that kind of established the world, and I was just like, hey, da 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 we live in Doofusville. Huh? Isn't that funny? On the planet Groovatopolar. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> and um, so that's kind of where that all came from. And then I wrote up the strategy guides, uh, the fake strategy guides, you know, um, in, in, in the coming years. And that, I mean, again, like a lot of the things I thought up was like, I, I have a, a city level. What do I make? I don't know, sewer slime. Sure, let's do that. Um, a graveyard. I don't know, some ghosts and some skeletons and all that. So, again, these were ideas uh, I came up with when I was younger. And when when I was actually going to make the game, I realized, you know, a lot of this was like, well, what, how did, why did a meteor shower bring him to outer space? And why is the monster trying to blow up the world? And, and so I kind of, from that attempted to put together some kind of story that would explain it all. Um, I, I did my best with it, you know, taking source material from uh, a kid who doesn't, you know, hasn't taken a lot of writing classes. But um, it, it, that's, does that answer your question? Yeah, that it's interesting, though, yeah. because the the way that this game, you know, 
I guess the, the the life of this game is almost kind of in reverse, where a lot of the the concept of the game was created before the idea that we were you were going to actually even make the game, which was is interesting, you know. So mm-hmm. it's uh, you know we've we've uh, we've talked with with creators that they you know back in the day they made a comic book just for fun, and and then years later they decide they realized oh this that comic book that character should have been you know, my video, it should be my main character in my video game. And it spawned that, you know, that ability where they could pull, pull that content. And that's the same thing with like, not that I like to promote these, but like, you know, movie games type games based off movies and stuff like that, like usually aren't great, but you know, they pull their, they pull their, uh, their news or or, sorry, their information from something that already exists. So it's cool to listen and and understand that you made a strategy guide and you, you know, you, you created this show. And because of that, that helped fill the world of this video game that we're playing now. Yeah. um, Who knew? I just, I just, I think the fact that I just kept building up on it and it was always there I mean, it's just, there's so much source material. It's just, I, there's nothing else uh, I would rather turn to. Very good. Uh, well, tell us a little bit about the game itself, like uh, the mechanics, how it works, uh, about the items that you could pick up in the game. Yep. I mean, um, it's, it's very basic. Um, again, designed like these platformers of the early 90s when, you know, just basic mechanics for kind of just being introduced onto the scene. Um, so, you know, you run, you jump, um, you can grab onto ledges and pull yourself up. Uh, you can punch people, you can punch pretty much anything. Um, a couple enemies are invincible, for example, like the ghosts in, in the cemetery level, which gets a lot of people. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> and, um, and then you get bombs, too. So uh, you pick up, like, uh, basically... The, the cartoon bombs, you know, just with like the lit fuse and you, you hug them at people. And depending on whether you punch people or you throw a bomb at people, you know, there'll be different deaths. And um, deaths, let's talk about deaths because you can die a lot of ways. You can get crushed, you can get blown into pieces by like spikes and, uh, you know, cannonballs and missiles. And you can fall into pits, you can fall into acid. Um, I really want, I mean, I, I really... I, I think, I don't know if it was South Park that really inspired me just to make deaths really funny and, like, violence really funny. So I took that uh, definitely as inspiration. But I also made a note to not include any blood or gore. So you know, it, it's got, like, a, you know, definitely a dark cynicism, I guess, to the to the different ways you can die. But at the same time, it's 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 more accessible for a lot of people, I think, that way. And, um, I mean, there are eight levels. There are, um, you know, they, they increase in difficulty as you go. Some uh, have, there, there are a couple of difficulty spikes here and there. Like, oh, I think a lot of people get confused by the first level because it's not regular platform mechanics. But um, for the most part, I, I, I like to think of it as a, a steady incline of difficulty. And um, the storyline is huge to the game. It's kind of really the backbone of the game. So, uh, again, you, you know, it's the story of being abducted by aliens and um, just kind of figuring out what the hell is going on and why you're there and how you have to save the world. And, yeah, um, the bosses, too. I'll talk about the bosses for a second because uh, the bosses I really wanted to make as original as possible and not something, um, not something as bland as just, you know, you jump on them. 
I wanted it to, uh, you know, make you think. So most, if not all, of the bosses have kind of, a, uh, you know, a weak point you got to find an Achilles heel. And they have patterns that you sometimes have to memorize or get familiar with. Um, so it keeps you on your toes. And, yeah, I think that covers everything. Yeah, I could agree with that for sure. The, the bosses were probably one of my favorite parts of the game because it kind of gave you that feeling of, you know, until you figured out what you actually had to do in the bosses, it kind of gave you that frustration of like, man, I don't know what I'm doing. This is silly. I just keep dying. But then once you figured out the concept as to how to go about defeating the boss, it kind of gave you that push like, okay, now I now I have to have to beat this guy, have to see what's next. So, Yeah. Oh, man, there's no better example of that than the Toy Story game for Genesis. Do you remember that game? <laughs> yeah, yep. Dude, the claw machine. You had to hit the aliens diagonally. Who knew? <laughs> right. I, saw, I, right. I, watched, I watched a commercial. Only a commercial showed me how you could do that. Yeah, I I'm, I think if I remember back that far, I accidentally did it once, and then just kind of you know after doing it a couple accidental times, it clicked. Yeah, but oh, man, <laughs> you always figured it out accidentally. That was true. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, there were there was a couple of bosses in in your game where uh, I found that same thing out. I think the most difficult one for me um, that I couldn't really figure out mechanically what to do was the uh, kind of tree boss. Where he yeah, kind of blinks that. his eyes, and I'm like, man, what do I do here? And I must have spent probably a good 10 minutes just climbing up and down this rope in front of the boss, not doing anything, because I just didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, that got a lot of people. Um, I mean, I try to include, you know, the vulnerability points, like at the start of the fight, or, you know, have them flash or something uh, when he can hit them. Mm-hmm. But obviously, you know, you don't necessarily, when you're, when you're like, oh, God, a boss, you don't even think about that stuff after that. Right, absolutely. So I did play through the game um, on easy, and I am three levels in on the hard difficulty, and um, the harder difficulty is uh, considerably harder. So what is the difference between the difficulties? Uh, so easy will start you off with nine lives and uh, nine, nine health points, so you can get hit nine times before you die, and you can die nine times before you go to the game over screen which uh, the game over screen will give you infinite continues. You can just keep going forever. The hard mode ducks uh, all that down. You get three lives to start, five uh, five hearts, so five hit points, and uh, three continues total. So it's definitely more of a challenge, and you definitely, uh, you know, feel a little more on edge uh, with, you know, you have to do it this time. There is a save mode now that we recently did create a, a save feature which will auto-save your progress in either difficulty. So that'll definitely take the stress off a little. I mean, we wanted to kind of look into the whole, you know, the gen- the way you know, the, the cartridge games would do it, where you had to beat it in one go. But uh, just like, I don't know, people play casually, uh, you know, with theme games, they don't want to be constrained to that. It's just a, a new, new world. And so whatever. Yeah, we let that happen. No problem. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, Ah, what was the other thing? Oh, yeah, we're actually um, in, a, in an upcoming build. We are going to include an even harder level of difficulty that will have some changes. So uh, keep your eyes out for that because we're working on that right now. Awesome. That was actually my next question was kind of where is the where is it going from here? Because I know that the uh, name of the game, the Final Specimen, Arrival. So is there going to be sequels or are you going to add levels to this game? Yes, uh, there is a sequel 
that has actually, well, let me tell you what it really is. It's actually the second part of one story. So it's called, um, it's going to be called Redemption, and it's just going to complete the story. Um, it's actually 50% more content, so more levels, uh, definitely uh, some increased difficulty, some new game mechanics, and, you know, environmental hazards, and just uh, worlds to explore. And uh, it actually, you know, I developed it alongside Arrival. It was initially planned to be just one game. You'll get the uh, Sonic 3 and Knuckles treatment. And um, we're going to, yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's largely complete in a lot of ways. Uh, there's just, you know, things to polish, things to pose to fill. So that's, uh, that's big. Um, we're, we're still, you know, kind of uh, working on Arrival and, you know, including these new difficulty modes and making sure everything is, perfectly tuned up before we move on but I'm, I'm greatly anticipating this next project that's exciting yeah um any possibility of a, a sneak sneak peek of the what the uh title is going to be what for the next game yeah oh yeah no i just said it it's a uh, oh, oh. final specimen Re redemption redemption oh, sorry. So there's, yeah. yeah there's arrival and there's redemption gotcha yep. okay cool. um yep and then yeah i mean that's uh those, yeah, the new difficulty and then the, the next game just are the two big things we're, that are in the works right now. Cool. Very cool. So let's talk a, a little bit about video game development. You said that you're primarily the only one that works on the the creation of a game like this. Uh-huh. So approximately how long does it take you from kind of, I know it's spanned out over, you know, taking the ideas from when you were a child, but... How long does it take to kind of take those concepts and then make them into a video game? Well, of course, there's a learning curve. I mean, uh, it's been almost 10 years since I, you know, laid the first brick for, for Arrival. Um, obviously, now with more experience, that would be done in exponentially less time. But, um, I mean, in terms of, like, you know, making one level, um, uh it's, it's hard. I, I would have to give you an accurate figure after, you know, kind of making one from scratch again, you know, now having had the experience. But uh, I, I would average maybe, you know, a couple months to, to get everything right for a level. Maybe like, I don't know, maybe one to two months if I was really focused on it now and, you know, getting my experience now. Uh, but, yeah, so I, it could be, you know, a year or so to put together a full game. Cool. Uh, you know, just of, of this uh, with this much detail. With one person. <laughs> right, right, yeah, exactly. You're doing it all. So, The one thing that uh, is in this game that, that hits home for me, and, and I was glad to see it because for me this brings back replay, replay value in games, and I, just, I find a unique feature. I know it's not for everybody, but you actually do have 20 achievements that you can earn through Steam in your game. Uh, is that something that you develop and put into the game, or is that something that, you know, Steam kind of, like, plays through and says, hey, you know what, we should add this to your game? Uh, those are all uh, our ideas, and um, we can actually uh, integrate them through the program, which I developed in a program called Fusion, which um, is it's, uh, it's nice because it doesn't require actual uh, coding language. It's just, uh, you know, a grid system, point and click, and... But anyway, they do have uh, an option just to integrate all the Steam. Uh, all, you know, it would connect with, like, the Steam interface. And so you can design all the achievements in-game, and it'll activate oh, when cool. you uh, 
like yeah when you when you unlock them very cool now this is probably the most important question that i'll ever or anyone will ever ask you about the development of video games in like we said, we haven't really actually dabbled too much in the creation of video games ourselves, but you know, with doing the you know media entertainment side and and podcasting, uh, Grim and I can put in some long hours. Like you know, we have uh, day jobs and then we come home and we do this afterwards. So we're like kind of you know go from early morning until at night, seven days a week, trying to like put everything together. I'm assuming that that's kind of the same way with video game development, especially with saying that it could take you quite a while to create a level. You know, not not less a game, but um, during that time period, what you eat and drink is super important. So what is your yeah. go-to beverage and food while you're creating this masterpiece that is a video game? I mean, the beverage is obviously coffee. It's just fantastic. <laughs> it, 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 never, it never fails. I mean, I don't want to drink too much, you know, in, in a day or even like in a week, but if you sit down with a cup of coffee and you wait like you know however many minutes for the caffeine to kick in and it just like pops out at you and it's like welcome welcome it's almost like you're playing a game when you sit down to make a game oh, so yeah. with the coffee the coffee is the controller you got to plug it in <laughs> <laughs> absolutely coffee coffee is a way of life for for us as well so i uh, i can't i can't get my morning started without uh, without some coffee yeah i mean you got to take a whole week off of work if you really want to detox from that <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, I guess uh, another question: We know that you're working on, you know, the next uh, the sequel or the second part of this game. Um, is there plans in the future a a, a new IP or uh, what's next for Gigantor Raptor? Uh, I mean, I, we can't say at this point. Um, you know, we do just kind of have tunnel vision after packs, so we're just looking to uh, you know catch up with all the the media that's been coming at us and. Um, you know, kind of, kind of plan. I mean, obviously, the uh, next game is definitely going to be one of the priorities. But um, I don't know. We've talked about maybe putting together some uh, some smaller projects. Uh, we've thrown a couple ideas around, and um, I mean, I do have you know many more ideas from the Final Specimen universe uh, for for future games. So uh, I mean, I would definitely say uh, this would probably be the you know the core of the whole. Thing, but we we've all we have all kinds of crazy ideas that we're really uh, throwing around right now. So cool. um, there's there's really no no uh, end in sight. That's good to hear. Very good. And uh, as of currently, it's on Steam. Um, is there any possibility that it could come to a different like uh, say maybe consoles? Uh, we're definitely looking into that too. Uh, again, we just have to kind of prioritize everything. Um, no real uh, concrete answers or plans at this time, but um, it's all in our radar. Very good. Well, that is the final specimen from Gigantoraptor Games. So um, tell us where, uh, if we have people that are interested in you know, getting their hands on this game, playing through it, and uh, just having a good time, where can they get your game? Uh, just you know, uh, hop on Steam and uh, search the final specimen. Or if you'd like our final specimen arrival, and if you would like, uh, we do have a website. Um, we are going to be updating it soon, but it's thefinalspecimen.com where we actually have a demo available, and um, the game can be purchased there as well. Although I would recommend doing it through Steam because then you get the achievements and everything. Well, yeah, you need those uh, achievements. Yeah. Yep. And we do have yeah, we do have a Facebook page. So it's uh, just facebook.com/finalspecimen. 
We have a Twitter. It's at TFS Game with uh, hashtags usually is, uh, you know, hashtag the final specimen or hashtag TFS Game. And on Instagram, we use the delightful underscores at the underscore final underscore specimen. And let's see what else. Oh, we have a YouTube page too. So where we put, um, you know, some of the cut scenes and the music and everything. So uh, that is available too. It's just uh, search for Final Specimen on YouTube. Very good. And I've seen on your website as well that you can actually just purchase the soundtrack to the game, which is cool because the music is awesome. Oh, thank you. So yeah, any- uh, that is available. Oh, awesome. Uh, anything else you want to plug before we kind of wrap things up here? Um, I know. I would just say, uh, you know, keep uh, keep your eyes on uh, what's coming out of Gigantoraptor because, uh, you know, with the, the sequel coming down the line and just uh, a little more content coming out for Arrival, we'll definitely be keeping busy and uh, putting new stuff out all the time. So there will never be a dull moment. <laughs> never is in the gaming industry, right? <laughs> All right, well, this is Thomas De Silva from Gigantoraptor Games. He is the game designer and programmer for The Final Specimen Arrival and soon to come Final Specimen Redemption, correct? Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time and speaking with us today, Thomas. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. And once again, a special thank you to Thomas De Silva of Gigantoraptor Games who created uh, The Final Specimen. I had a great time sitting down, talking with him, and uh, he's got me craving some coffee. Nothing? Nothing? Yeah, coffee. But also, thank you for your time, Thomas, because uh, it, it was it was he was really nice. Uh, we met him in Boston at PAX East. You you actually met him with Sci-Fi AJ, mm-hmm. and so this is how it all started. But I just was really blown away with his story. I You know, I didn't get to uh, talk to him at the booth. So I didn't understand that this was a a lifelong event that he's been that he's been working on for years from a kid to now and it's just neat to see that that he's been able to to get a final product to to make a you know an, a, his vision come to life and yeah, I, I I enjoyed that interview. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So you can check out once again um his game The Final Specimen Arrival on Steam. So just search for it on Steam and uh, give this game a playthrough. I uh, sat down with it, had a great time. It has a lot of cool, wacky antics to it, a lot of cool different, like, voice lines and, you know, different sound effects that he puts in the game that, uh, like I had mentioned earlier, make it make it seem very Rick and Morty-ish to me. So I really like that about it. So Yeah, you get the Rick and Morty feel. You get that South Park feel, but uh, it's, a, it, it's a lot of fun. And like you said, you can pick it up on Steam. What we're going to do for our listeners, our viewers, is head on over to our social media, Motor City Gaming, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, things like that. We're going to be doing a giveaway. We got some extra codes that Thomas was super nice to send to us. So we're going to be doing some giveaways where you're going to be able to enter and get a chance to get a Steam code for the game. And then if you have any questions about the game or you want to talk about the game, Thomas has been informed that we're going to do this, and he's going to be paying attention. So if you ask about you know, development or you know, certain questions about level creation, whatever it is that you're wondering, you can put it in the comments on Facebook or, or wherever, and uh, you know, as long as he's not super busy, he's going to interact with you and try to uh, you know, talk to you about the game. So I thought that was pretty cool. I yeah. want to say thanks, Thomas, for the codes and uh, and the time for the interview again. 
Yeah, I really like it when they can reach out and kind of like impact our community as well. We get to to go places and spend some time, um, especially with Thomas, like you had mentioned, um, being able to have that kind of creative, you know, comparison of. You know, when we were growing up, we had all these crazy ideas. We were pretending we were X Men, and you know, cooping up all these, cooking up all these. I don't even know what word I'm saying. So cook, creating, cook works, cook works. creating all these crazy stories. Apparently, cooking is not a word. But <clears throat> to have somebody that has that that mindset that we had similarly as kids, and then created a video game off it, was just a lot of fun. Had a great time sitting down and talking with them. So. Yeah, it's always interesting to talk to these developers because when you see a product, you know, we see it on the convention floor and, and it's it's there. We're playing it or we're watching it. And so you always wonder where did it come from? You know, what drugs were they on? No, I'm just kidding. But, like, what what was going on that, that caused this idea, right? And so for this game, it was really interesting to find out that it was something that him and a buddy, like, started when they were kids just, like, in a, you know, aligned book you know just writing and drawing and and creating this world and for it to spin into a video game down the road is very interesting it makes me think of you know several ideas that that i created as a kid with my friends that i still have you know i I stumble upon these notepads and things like that and i'm just like man that was so much fun but i never thought about how you could take it and like you know turn it make it immortal basically by putting it out there and saying, Hey, here's a video game that I made. You know, it's based off of a, a story that I've built through my entire life. Yeah. Well, cool. And you make fun of me for having this notebook that I bring every week and I write everything down. And you're like, Oh, this is an age of technology. You should, you know, you should use the computer and that tablet you got. And I'm like, this is going to be gold in 70 years. Okay. Or ash when I burn it. But you know, maybe, maybe gold. We'll see. Well, thank you once again to Thomas for coming on, letting us do this interview. Thank you to our patrons that are supporting us on the GameZilla podcast patron page. It is because of you that we are able to go out, do these great things, meet these people, and then take you along for the ride. So thank you once again to all of our patron supporters. Yeah, and next up in uh, a few months, we will be at E3. So make sure that you are paying attention to GameZilla Alpha and everything MotorCityGaming.com has going on because we will be bringing back a ton of footage, uh, fo- you know, photos, videos, swag, you know, anything that we can get our hands on in our time while we spend the, uh, you know, the, the three, four days uh, in Los Angeles. This will be our first time at E3, and we're just re- we're really excited that we get to go. Again, it is thanks to our fans and, uh, and all the support that we've been given that, you know, we feel that this is, this is it's possible it's it's doable and and we need and we need to do it so we're excited nintendo's going to have a great e3 and and microsoft's gearing up now with all sorts of big announcements so i think it's going to be a good e3 for us to to go to so i'm excited once again i want to remind everybody we will be setting up some posts on our social media and a link on our website for this giveaway for the final specimen thanks to thomas and we will uh, we'll get that up there. So stay tuned and make sure to enter. Make sure to talk, ask questions for Thomas so that he can respond and tell you everything about game development that, that he's experienced. And, you know, yeah, it's been fun. That about wraps it up for Episode 6 of the GameZilla Alpha Podcast. I have to go drink a coffee now that has six shots of espresso and six Doritos tacos from Taco Bell. I... 
want to do the same thing. But first, I want to remind everybody that this show airs every Sunday on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Overcast, Google Play, and, of course, MotorCityGaming.com. If you're a patron, you get early access, so you're going to be listening to this first. Make sure to tell your friends and your family that that is a cool thing, and they should do it too. But thank you. We will see you next week. And until then, game game on. on.